McNulty standing for anyone to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi, my fans. Welcome to Pure Forecast, episode 199. Well, not much has happened since we last spoke, but we're here back for another episode. Join the podcast today is Andy Mitchmore. How are you, Andy? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, not much has happened except, you know, a classic Welsh victory against Croatia. So I think we can all agree that that was the highlight of the week. I know you guys were all watching that game on Tenterhooks. There was a tense atmosphere in the house here. That was going on with the final 15 minutes of... South Africa against France in the rugby. So my South African girlfriend and me with the, the Welsh football on were not on speaking terms for about 45 minutes as the tension went up, but both got the result we wanted and we don't talk about the Argentina game. Well, we do talk about it because I absolutely love that game. It was great, wasn't it? What game of rugby for the neutral, but who knows about the result? Who cares about whether Wales stay in or not? Apart from you, Andy, and a few yeah, 15 was, was people in the, the village whole, of Wales. I was going to do the whole raising a hand on Zoom thing there. I cared a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Freddie Webb, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm not so bad, Hugh, thank you. Yeah, not not much has happened, uh, aside from I went to a FA Cup game on the Saturday that was utterly dreadful. But aside from that, it was all good. The beer was definitely the best beer that day. Probably should, should have said in the intro, but we've got an expanded team this week. So how are you, Joff Taylor? I'm very well, very well considering England won in the rugby. I was there in Marseille, would not recommend going to Marseille itself. But yeah, that's what's been going on and Wales are out, which is a shame. That's all I'll say on that matter. Goth, I saw some slightly unsavoury scenes from some, from some pirates at that game. Were you the person being punched and thrown down a, a row of stairs or were you the one doing the throwing? I was, yeah, I was Lord Nelson doing the full Nelson, so make that what you will. No, I did see them get kicked out, but, unfor- well, fortunately it wasn't me getting punched or doing any of the fighting. I've been to Marseille, it's also not great. I sort of retreated after I went outside the front of the station for, for a cigarette. I went outside the front of the station, thought I'd have a little wander around and quickly retreated back inside the, the station in Marseille. So, I mean, everyone knows on here that I'm a massive, like, hard nut, but one guy in a beret... We're looking like someone plays for Liverpool and I was straight away. Anyone talking too much? How are you proud? Are you right? Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm trying to think this may be the first ever time you've had me on more than once in a season. I don't think there's ever been a time I've been on more than once. I don't know if you're going to go back and look at that, but well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're back on twice. Back again. Yeah. That's all I've got to say for that. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back on the show. Cheers, mate. All right, so let's talk about what we're going to do first of all. So first of all, we are going to preview the game against Carlisle. Follow on from that, there is no game to review. So instead, Andy Mitchmore's come up with a full-blown two-versus-two quiz, which should be a lot of fun. I have done absolutely no revision. 
And I've heard from my spies up in York that Freddie has been spending about four hours a day revising, especially on some sort of topic himself. He's smiling. He has. One hour, but that's probably more than most people have done. Freddie I was the only one out of all of you who, who mentioned the word revision on our WhatsApp chats. I should, I should probably disclose that. You know, when someone says they've only been doing it for one hour to try and play it down, it's a bit like someone saying how many partners they've been with and bragging about it by saying three and actually it's one. So I'm going to take that, you know, with a little bit of a pinch of salt there, Fredster. But yeah, should we get into it? So let's get straight into the game preview versus Carlisle. We spoke to Lee from the Brunton Boogle podcast. Let's talk about everything you want to know about the game on Saturday against Carlisle. It was actually great having Leon. We hadn't spoken to him before, obviously, because Carlisle had just been promoted. But he was a great guest on the show, really knowledgeable. And I definitely think I know a million times more than I did already about Carlisle. So here's Lee from the Brunton Bugle podcast. All right, I'm here with Lee from the Brunton Bugle podcast. And Lee, thanks for coming on the show. No problem at all. Thank you for having me on. Nice one. So it's always nice having fans of other clubs who've just been promoted on here in particular, because we've been stuck in this league for so long, it's getting boring talking to clubs we're speaking to all the time. So I'm sure that's the same for the listeners, but... Although we are super grateful for their time as well here, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to talk to that Wigan podcast one more time, I swear. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the end of me. No... All right, Andy's just derailing me first, but what what were you guys' ex- expectations coming into the season? Staying up is what we're hoping for, because um, to be brutally honest, we did not expect to get promoted last season. I mean, the job that Paul Simpson's done with us is nothing short of remarkable, and it's why he's basically a club legend. It's his third promotion with us you know, over two spells. Um, when he came in, we were, this was in February 2022, we were a, an absolute mess of a club. You know, we were on the verge of going out of the league again. Um, we were our second manager of the season, Keith Millen, who you may have seen, he was the Gillingham caretaker who tripped up the Walsall player last week. I mean, that probably sums up his ability as a manager. He's, he's terrible. Um, and in his three months in charge, there was very, very little improvement to see. So we had a game against Swindon where we got beat 3-0. They battered us and the, the atmosphere in the ground that day was toxic. I, I was there and, and I genuinely thought, yeah, we're in real trouble if we don't get rid of him. As it is, we got rid of him and the director of football after that game. Simpson came back until the end of the season. I think he won six of our first set, his first seven games in charge and basically got us safe. So we gave him a three-year contract. He agreed to come back on a three-year deal. And, and the whole idea is giving him a three-year deal was giving him some time to build us up and you know rebuild the club. Turns out he was a lot better at doing that than we expected, and we got promoted last season from um, from League Two um, through the playoffs, obviously. But you know it's the best way to do it sometimes. And it's kind of like even Simpson said himself, we're probably one or two seasons ahead of schedule here. So it's kind of like he's tried to dampen expectations over the summer. Recruitment has been very tough because we basically throughout last season were preparing for life in League Two again next season, and it wasn't until the final few months we're thinking, okay, we might have to think. Otherwise, here, and then obviously when you go through the playoffs, you're three or four weeks behind. Three, you know, Northampton, Stevenage, and Orient have all got up automatically. So you, you've got slim pickings in terms of signing. So the hope is that we can manage to scrabble enough to stay up. It's really outplayed us this season. No one's battered us. No one's taken us apart. The nearest we got to it was Wigan in the first half. They were outstanding. They, that was like, wow, this is a real step up in quality. Here. But second half, we just right, right we can't match them for quality. Let's make it a fight. We made it a fight and we managed to get a 1-1 draw out of it. And, you know, 
other than maybe Steven is dominate chance against us, but even then, you know, we've got a two-two draw. So it's yeah, the kind of expectation was if we could finish lower mid-table, if we could avoid the drop, brilliant. That's exactly what we want this season because there's a lot of good news coming for the club off the field at the moment in terms of a takeover of the club that's happening. And if that happens, they've already explained exactly what they're going to do in terms of investment. It's exactly what we've been needing for years in terms of not just on the playing side where we last season we had a bottom six budget in League Two. We've probably almost certainly got a bottom four budget this season in, in League One. So... They're going to invest in that, but also in terms of infrastructure off the field, they're going to, you know, we need a new training ground. We need a lot of work done to the ground itself. So if we can stay up, that makes things a lot easier for them when they come in. But there's the, it's not a case of, oh, if we go down, they're not going to put the money in basically. And, and to be honest, if we did go down, Simpson's not going to lose his job because he's he's that well-respected. He'll be given time to rebuild it. So the hope is we can stay up though. Sounds a bit downcast with <laughs> that, but that's the way we're looking at it. No, it's nice that, you know, there's a, a club that if you do go down, it's not going to be pitchforks yeah. and, you know, burning torches at the club front desk. It's quite quite refreshing to hear. Uh, Lee, you said that, that you weren't entirely expecting to come up last year, to put it mildly, and that affected recruitment. How much player turnover was there then? Was there a bit of a wholesale, crap, we've gone up, let's get some new players through the door? Or have you kind of maintained a spine of a squad and just added a bit around the periphery? The spine's been maintained generally. We we only lost, I think, in the summer who, who left. So Mari Patrick and Christian Dennis, two of our attackers, they left in the summer. They went to Tranmere and Sutton. Not looking great for them at the moment down near the bottom of League Two. And there's one other player who went and I can't for life of me remember who he is off the top of my head now. But yeah, generally we didn't really of the ones we offered contracts, most of them stayed and it was and it was fine. And the problem we had last season was that there was times where we literally had 18 players available and that was it. We had to name a couple of youth team players on the bench a couple of times. I think we went through something like eight different players played right wing back for us last season, which makes it all more the, more remarkable that we actually went up. So, yeah, it was kind of like a we, we've added a bit more depth to the squad, but actually at the moment, the ones we brought in, the quality doesn't quite look there with them yet. And I mean, there's a feeling we probably could have strengthened the goalkeeper department as well, where you know we were both all of Thomas Charlotte at the club, but. He didn't really have any competition as a second choice last season. We've signed Jocko Anderson on loan from Reading and so far he's been a bit of a disaster to put it bluntly. He's made about four or five mistakes in his opening seven or eight games. So that, that's an area where I think we were all looking, oh, we could have strengthened there and definitely an attack. That's why we've really struggled a little bit. We're, we're relying on a 35-year-old Joe Garner at the moment and, you know, it's his fourth spell with the club and the fans love him and he, he works his backside off. He's a player, you know, that opposition fans hate and, and you love as your player in your club. But, He's 35 and he just played three games in a row. He's played almost a full 90 minutes and it started to show towards the end of the third game. So, yeah, the depth's been added. Whether the quality's been added, I don't know. But I think Simpsons himself has admitted that because we've had a few reserve games and trophy games recently where the performances have not been great. And I think he said, like, the ones who are there supposed to be pushing for a first-team place aren't really showing it right now. And that's probably where the biggest concern is because the start 11 is not too bad and we're pretty strong defensively. It's just an attack. Maybe we're missing a little bit at the moment. I think one of the main signings, just by looking through the list, must have been Alfie McCalmont on a permanent, because I think I've seen him a few times in League Two, and he looked, it looks as if he had potential to play higher a little bit. How, how big is that permanent signing? I think the only one that I've, that I noticed was Sam Lavelle from Charlton. He seems like a fairly solid centre half to me. Yeah, well, Alfie's an interesting one because uh, we obviously got him on loan in January. And when we got him, we were kind of like, do we need another midfielder, really? Because we were doing quite well in midfield. But actually, he settled in really well. And this season, 
he's found it a bit tougher since coming in permanently. He's been in out the team a little bit, but the last few games he started and he's actually played really well. So we're pretty happy with him in terms of the way he's done. Um, I think he's going to get a bit of time to set his feet at this level again because I know, I know he played it for Morecambe, but it's a bit different, I think, playing for them. Um, Sam Lavelle's been a great addition. Um, initially, I thought Ooh, he's lacking a bit of pace and he's struggling a bit, but actually he's slotted in superbly at the back and he's probably been one of our better players so far this season. But yeah, they're probably the two that do stand out. I mean, there was a little bit of hope with Danny Butterworth when he came in, but if I'm honest, he's really flat, flat to deceive and not really had done much when he's been given chances. We don't really know what kind of player he is. And we really, really hope Joshua Kaido was going to be a big thing for us coming back for his third loan spell. But he managed to dislocate his shoulder in his opening game. So he's out until middle of December or late December. So that, that was a frustrating one because he was the big deadline day signing of, yes, we've got a target man in and... Yeah, that, that just goes to show, you, you know, your looks out sometimes, doesn't it? Just looking at players who, you know, people might know who listen to the podcast. Owen Moxon's obviously a player in midfield who was, you know, did really well in League Two last season. A lot of people expected him to move on and the club came out at the end of January, I remember, or no, not January, in July, and came out and said, look, we've seen all these reports, he's not going anywhere. First of all, was that to do with the the knowing of an incoming bit of investment or was that sort of just something that the club decided to, to stand pat on? And, and just secondly as well, he might get all the stories, but, you know, Jordan Jordan Gibson looks like a good player as well. He's already got four goals. So I'd be interested to see how those, the three in the middle work for you in midfield. Yeah, interesting one. So with Owen, a little bit of the backstory in him for you guys, because you were in League Two, so you might not know it. So he is a Carlisle lad, but he only rejoined us last summer. So he he was on our in our academy till he was 16. He didn't even get a YTS. He was let go. He went north of the border to Korea and South. Did okay there. Didn't really make that much of an impact though. Went to Adam Athletic in Scottish League 2. Took a couple of years to find his feet there too. And then when he did, he really made a big impact. Uh, in his final season, Adam, uh, they got to the Scottish League 2 playoffs. They lost to Edinburgh City, I think it was. And he was very, I think, like the second best player in the, in the division. He made the team of the year as well. And there was a lot of big clubs watching him. Championship level clubs were watching him. I think Sheffield United were one of them. I think Sunderland possibly as well. As luck would have it, Adam's manager is a guy called Peter Murphy, who is our record appearance holder outfield. And his manager, one of his managers when he was at Carlisle was Paul Simpson. So when Simo came back, he contacted Simo straight away and said to him, look, I've got this lad in midfield. He's outstanding. And there's no chance I'm keeping him next season. There's championship clubs watching him. But if, if you come and speak to him and you potentially are interested he'll come to you because he, he basically wants to play for his hometown. I mean, he knows he'll get regular football. If he went to the championship, he might be loaned out or something. So as it was, Simmer went and watched him straight away. He's, yep, going to sign him in the summer. Signed him up. We thought he'd take a bit of time to find his feet, but he was he just basically ran the division last year. He dominated games. He's not quite done as well this season, but it, it's a step up. And as a team, we're not dominating games in the same way, obviously, we did last season. So... In terms of the offer, the offer that came in was from Blackpool and it was a quarter of a million pounds. And we just left out of times like, no, it's just not worth us selling him for that much. Now he's out of contract next summer. The club have offered him a contract that would make him the highest paid player in the club's history, I think, from what they said. The wages aren't the issue, apparently. The issue is that he wants a release clause in there. And I think the club have said, we're fine with that, but not at that fee. That's far too low. So there's a bit of bickering that's gone on about that. It's been put on hold until the investment is sorted out, basically, I think. It, a little sort of side story on that. Uh, Owen Moxon's agent is Graham Kavanagh, who's our former player and manager. So a <laughs> little bit of a, an interesting little twist to that one. But yeah, Owen, look, the fans love him. And 
there's been no lack of effort from him this season in terms of that. And I think most of our fans, you know what, if he goes in next summer for free, fine. If he goes to a championship or whatever, because he's been brilliant for us and we've got him for now. He's, he's done a great job getting us up this level. And if he can keep us up at this level, he'll have done exactly what we need. So I think the club basically decided, you know what, it's not worth the money. We'd rather keep him because he's that important to us to try and stay up. In terms of Jordan Gibson, yeah, been brilliant this season. He was a weird one, Gibber, because... Over the summer, he was out of contract, but we didn't know he had a trigger in his um, contract that if he made so many appearances, he'd get a new deal. So he got that new deal. Because we were sort of debating, do we keep him or not? Because he was sort of in and out of the team a little bit in the second half of last season. And we weren't sure, was he going to make the step up to the League One level? Possibly not. As it is, he's he's taken to it like a Dr. Walter. He's probably been our most creative player. He's been excellent. He's played in the Sometimes he's played in the midfield three when we play a 3-5-2. But he also plays out wide. And in the last few games, we've switched to a 4 3 3, and he's been playing on the left side of that three. So he's not really been in that midfield three in that sense. But yeah, he's been fantastic. He scored a hat trick at Bolton. And yeah, two of his goals he scored so far at long range efforts that took huge deflections and gone in. But also, he scored a penalty. And then he at Bolton, his third goals when the keeper came up and he basically ran the length of the field, put a defender on his backside and put it in the back of the net. So. He's, he's got that ability. He really has. Um, and we're glad to see him making the step up. On our, on our pod, we keep saying, look, once the takeover is done, one of the first things I'd be doing is sorting a new contract for him because he's been that good at this level and he's got that level of ability. I was going to mention about formations and style of play. Mm-hmm. And I know it's just a change from the back three slash five to a four three three. Do you think the four three three is how Carlisle will set up against Pompey or do you think they'll go a bit more defensive at Rampart? I think they will stick with the 4 3 3. And part of the reason for that is uh, our captain, Paul Huntington, is out for a couple of weeks of a calf injury. Simo did decide, we, we switched the 4 3 3 against Port, uh, Peterborough, where we got a 1 1 draw. Um, and Huntington was the one who dropped the Huntington's 35. So he, he's not going to play every single week these days. You know, that's the reality of it. Again, he's another Carlisle and he's come back to us at the end of his career for him. But unfortunately, uh, he was a sub in that game and running to celebrate the 96th minute equaliser, he pulled his calf running down the touchline, hence why he had to miss out on this game, on, on the recent game. So we've gone to the 4 3 and I think Simo's kind of like, you know what, I'm going to stick with this for a while and see how it goes. He's getting the best out of Jordan Gibson, he's getting the best out of Joe Garner as well, in terms of the way we're playing around him. Um, and it means he can bring in Alfie McCallman and into that midfield three with Moxon and Callum Guy, who's another player who's done really well for us. And it's, it's quite, it's a busy midfield and they will get about and they will win the ball back as much as they can. So... Yeah, I'd imagine we'll stick with a 4-3-3. Three, three. It's unlikely we're, we're going to switch from that for a, probably until at least Huntington's back and available again. And the one issue with that is it does temper one of our best attacking threats, which is our left-sided centre-back, John Mellish, which sounds mental, I know, but he will bomb up and down the pitch as much as he wants when, when we're playing 3 5 two. He has that licence to do it, and he's a big fan favourite for that reason. So let's say that you do line up like that for the game at mm-hmm. Fratton Park on Saturday, and you've said that defensively you're pretty sound and it sounds like there's some danger going forward as well. Can you identify somewhere that you would hand on heart say can be an Achilles heel in these games or would you say you're pretty well-rounded, no obvious areas that could be targeted by an, uh, a home opposition team? I think in the final third, our final ball and creativity is a little bit lacking this season and it's a real shame in that... There's a bit of a lack of pace in the team as well. That's one way where we definitely got an issue. We had Omari Patrick last season who didn't start that many games. When he came off the bench, he was a real threat from out wide. You know, he could stretch the game really well. At the moment, we've got a lad on loan from Fulham called uh, Terry Ablade, 
who is only coming off the bench and he's got a real attacking threat in terms of pace, but he doesn't look like he's got enough quality to start games, if I'm honest. He's one of those players who's very much an impact player coming off the bench. So that's where our pace really comes from. Beyond that, we are lacking a little bit there. I don't know, goalkeeper maybe. See, I really like Thomas Shirley as our goalkeeper. Some of our fans are a little bit down on him. A lot of our fans really love him. He's six foot nine. So in terms of set pieces, we generally don't concede too many because he'll come and claim most of it. But he's got a rick in him sometimes. Uh, not as much as Anderson seemed to have when he was in goal for his six or seven games. But but yeah, generally we're pretty solid. We won't keep hold of the ball much. You know, we're, we're, we're possession-wise... We're averaging just over 40% or something like that. This is one of the lowest in the division, but we're fine with that. Similar always says, I don't really care about the possession stats. As long as we play, keep our, the ball in the final third and we use it better there, I'm happy with that. And he's always been happy with that in, in terms of that play. He works with what he's got, basically, because he knows we can't. Hopefully, once his takeover comes, we can maybe start to improve that a little bit. But he's quite happy to work with it in that way at the moment. For a team with such low possession stats, it's interesting I was looking... At the Opta stats, and it looks like you guys like to press quite a lot about possession. So, mm. is it a case that you're going to be you're not going to be a team that sort of sits deep and, and doesn't hold possession like that, but you're going to try and win the ball back and then attack quickly? Yeah, that's what we did against Bolton. Um, that Bolton spent a lot of time passing the ball across our our area or trying playing up high the pitch, and we just kept trying to nick it back and hit them quickly on the break as, as much as we could. So, yeah, generally we're, we're not a team that, like I said, that just sits in. A lot of the time, we did do it a bit against Bolton. We might do it this weekend because you guys are a very good side. But we we generally like to any team that likes to play across the back four, we we we'll press them basically along their own defence to try and win the ball back. Garner won't do that as much because he's what thirty five now. He's more uh, elbows in your face and um, you know jumping for the ball, holding it up, throwing himself down to win free kicks kind of player. If he doesn't start, if it's maybe Edmondson or Plunge, you might see a little bit more of that. Don't really rate Plunge that much myself. I, I like Edmondson, but Simmer's got a bit of a down on him at the moment, I think. So, yeah, interesting to see how it goes. Sean Maguire actually has done really well for us since coming in this summer as well. He's looked a really clever, tricky player. Not scored as many goals as he should have done. But again, he's a really good one in terms of the press, actually. He's really good at nicking the ball and starting attacks. So, a bit like I did on your podcast, Lee. So go and check that out, people listening after you finish our show, obviously. But I want to know your score prediction, please, for the game. And you know what? Since you said mine was very detailed, I'm going to ask the same of you. Any goal scorers, please? Right. I'm going to flip yours in your head. You know, every good run has to come to an end. And what, if one thing Cal United are very good at doing is ending runs, whether it's a good run for someone or a bad run for someone. I, I couldn't have been more delighted with Cheltenham getting their first goal the other week because I thought we don't play them until December and I knew what was going to happen there. They wouldn't score till then and then they'd score three against us. I am going to go for a cheeky 2-1 win, which I, 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 to be honest, I'm, I, I haven't recorded our pod yet, so I might end up going for a defeat on ours. But on yours, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win and I'm going to go for goals from like, Moxon's G when he hasn't had one in a while. And Sam Lavelle has been threatening to score from a corner for a while. So yeah, I'll go Sam Lavelle from a Moxon corner. So that's two things we agree about. The scoreline, even if it is backwards, <laughs> and Owen Moxon getting a goal. So we'll see what that happens. But Lee, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Why don't you tell people where they can find your show? Yeah, uh, just search for the Brunton Bugle on any good podcast app. You should find us there or bruntonbugle.com. It's all up there. We're on social media as well, so you can find us. And yeah, we generally put our episodes out. Friday morning. I think this one might be Thursday because we're recording on Wednesday night for this one. So it might be a little bit earlier than usual. So, uh, but yeah, it'll be out there soon enough. Nice one. And uh, this is the first time I say this, boys, but I will put that in the notes. All right, guys. Cheers, uh, cheers, Lee. And we'll speak soon. Cheers. Thanks, Lee. Thanks.
Thanks, Lee, for coming on the podcast. All right, Andy, are you still confident about Carlisle? I know you were bandishing around 4-0, 5-0, being really out of order. What do you think about that? I think you are misquoting me and uh, getting me confused with the Bolton fans that Lee was referring to, who uh, were a little bit upset. I think that the phrase is butthurt after losing to Carlisle the other week. So, yeah, um, I don't know if I know a million times more because like a million times nothing is still nothing. And I, I knew... Actually, no, the one thing I knew about Carlisle was Jimmy Glass scoring that last-minute goal that kept them in the Football League in, what, 2001 or something? Uh, goalkeeper went up top. He only played three games for them and scored one goal that stopped them getting relegated from the league. But that's basically all the Carlisle knowledge I had. So, yeah, nice to get a little bit more from Lee there. And, and the win against Roma, obviously. that was something Oh, naturally, yeah. I, I definitely heard about that. Indeed. But, I mean, clap, clap. We can only draw against Milan. So, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Let's just do the score predictions now quickly and get this rounded up. So, Fredster, I want to know your score prediction, please, for the game on Saturday against Carlisle. Uh, I think Pompey will end up with 2-0 win and I will go with Colby Bishop with one goal and Alex Robertson with another because he's due, I think. Andy Mitchmore. I will go with a 2-0 Pompey win. I do think we'll keep a clean sheet at home this weekend and... Yeah, whilst Carlisle do have the ability to cause teams problems, like I've said before, I've got no reason at the moment for the last 23 games to predict anything other than a confident result. So yeah, we'll go with a 2-0 Pompey win. One from Bishop, just because it's the absolute cop-out, easy fail-safe. And we'll go with one from Regan Pool. All right, and I've done that classic thing of doing a prediction on someone else's podcast and forgetting the goal scorers. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 Pompey win, a goal from Owen Moxon for Carlisle, and a goal from Paddy Lane, and a goal from Alex Robertson. All right, let's move on. Carlisle preview done, boys. Let's get into the next bit. And for this section, I'm pretty much going to hand over to Quizmaster Mitchamore. Or, wait a sec, Quizmaster Dr. Mitchamore. It has a better ring to it. I feel like it's more concise. So, Quizmaster Dr. Mitchell, would you like to lead off, please, as the host of this section? Yeah, so basically, nothing happened really this week, did it, in the football? So, we needed to think of something as a bit of a... I don't want to use the word time filler, but it's essentially a, a time filler, and it's something a little bit different. So, yeah, people can play along at home. What we've basically done, lads, is split you into two pairs. So we have got Freddie and Proudy. You are one United team for the next however long. And Hugh and Joth, you are also one United team for the next however long. This evening is a mixed bag of us trying to get some music through the copyright filter so we don't get copyright struck in the background for all of this stuff. Um, So there'll be some pretty unknown French sort of techno beats going on in the background yet to be confirmed. Joth, if you've got any recordings you want out there, feel free to send them over and we can use them as backing and see if you get picked up. Personal highlight for me, pairing this was getting about three quarters of the way through a picture round before remembering that we're an audio podcast and then deleting all of my work up to that point, having an absolute hissy fit and and walking out. (laughs) So that was a good moment. I've really enjoyed this. I don't regret committing to it at all. Uh, the last thing before we begin is that we have prizes, and I'm sure yes. you'll be super excited to see. There's a trophy, the PO Forecast trophy. Superb scenes. I want that trophy on my mantelpiece. Yeah, so it's it's made of solid nine-carat plastic, turned up in the post, and you can already see that part of it is scratched off. Uh, so that is up for grabs. It is worth saying as well that the winning team is going to receive this before a game because that's when I see you all. And if this gets confiscated by any security at either Fratton or the Abbey or at 
the leasing car Majeski Stadium, your team forfeits the entire quiz. So you've got to get this into the game and out again. And I'm going to need photo evidence after the game that it didn't get taken off you. If it did, the other team wins. Other prize for the winning team is the official Portsmouth management game. And the the condition that comes with this is that if Proudy is on the winning team, this may cause you to salvage your own chances here, Proudy. But if Proudy's on the winning team, I'm going to need some sort of evidence of a playthrough. Uh, so this is the Portsmouth official management game from the year we were promoted from Div 1. Hopefully you have a computer, Proudy, possibly, that can run either Windows 95, Windows 98, Windows 2000 or Windows XP. It's a little bit dated. Phrasing on the back, Harry won promotion, now you can do the same. Go on, admit. I mean, that's not a great start. Admit what? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> this may or may not be legit. Uh, I may have been scammed. Uh, you've always fancied yourself as the main man, haven't you? Can you bring the glory back to Fratton Park? Can you attract the star players to Pompey and then mature the talents of youngsters such as Matt Taylor and Nigel Quasi? Again, dates it slightly. Live that dream and take that responsibility. The buck stops with you. From the moment you take the hot seat, it's decisions, decisions, decisions. Manage your finances, send your scouts out far and wide, and deal and work with your chairman in a bid to build Pompey in one, into one of the greatest teams in the country. The features include an accurate 2002 to 2003 Pompey squad. Doesn't say anything about any other team, so I'll be curious to find out if we've got sort of Pro Evo style Manchester Red. Official Pompey player photos, league and cup competitions, which is a real USP of the game compared to some others and uh, European tournaments. So there are things up for grabs. I can feel the competitive like juices. Oh, what, a, what a visual. Uh, the competitive feelings flowing across the call. So basically, lads, before we start, you need to have in front of you a pen, a paper, and ideally something that can do a calculation, whether it's your phone or an actual calculator. I know, Freddie, you said you were planning on having your... What was your brand of scientific calculator you had? What? The Casio calculator? Oh, the Casio, yeah. Have you got that lying around? Uh, well, I'm, well, I'm in my parents' house. So I'm I've got a graphic it. calculator. I have to find it. Oh, that's going to be really useful for the graph-making round. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so, gents, round one is entitled, Who Am I? And before anyone spots any sort of parallels, some of these rounds have been absolutely stolen from the Quickly Kevin Willie Score 90s football podcast end-of-season quizzes, but with a Pompey theme. So round one, lads, I am going to be giving you a clue as to a Pompey player or someone to do with Portsmouth past or present. Basically, the first clue is quite difficult. And if you're able to guess the player from that clue, you will receive five points. There are also clues getting progressively easier that are worth four, three, two, and then finally one point if it takes you that long to get the player. You are in pairs for this. So if you guess and you get it wrong, your pairing is out of the round. So don't guess unless you're confident. I'm hoping there's going to be some sort of fallout occurring at some point on this call because this does happen in a few of the rounds. So round one, question one, the clue worth five points. I haven't got any buzzers, so just unmute and shout your name or something or the answer or whatever when you want to. So for five points, I played only 69 minutes for Coventry City, the final club of my career across three appearances, retiring in 2017. No one going to chime in. Okay, clue for four points. For the club I signed for Portsmouth from, I scored against Manchester United in the Champions League and scored a hat-trick against Olympiacos in the same competition. Okay, Luar, Luar. Sorry? Luar, Luar. That is incorrect, I'm afraid. 
Job you is already and pissed Joffrey off at me. So, Freddie <laughs> no. and Proudy. Freddie and Proudy, pressure is off a little bit here. Clue for three points. As a permanent signing, I scored 28 goals in 67 games for Portsmouth. This was after scoring seven in 14 matches the previous season. Two points, they start getting a bit easier. A section of my club history reads Maccabi Haifa, Portsmouth, Middlesbrough, Everton. Yakubu. It is Yakubu. We've got our first correct answer. I think Joff knew that from the art, from the look he was given. So, Freddie and Proudy, you are off the mark with two points. So, into the second player. Everyone's back in. For five points, I was born in Southwark in England on the 20th of July, 1978. This would be an incredibly brave shout if any of you want to commit. Four points. Although I was born in Southwark and represented England at under-21 and B-team level, I represented Scotland at full international level instead. For three points, Portsmouth were the team I made most appearances for in my career, playing 148 times, scoring 13 goals between the years 2000 and 2005. Is it Kevin Harper? It is not Kevin Harper, I'm afraid. Proudy and Freddie are out of this round. Hugh and Joff, you've got two more clues. Two points. I controversially followed Harry, Harry Redknapp to Southampton from Pompey for about 2.1 million, and I was then relegated with them, having become the club, club captain after signing. Can we go with the last one? Final clue. My surname tends to be chanted in the fraternend end when a player hits a shot way over... Nigel the Quasi. Nigel Quasi it is. There we go. There we go. <clears throat> Hugh and Joth on the scoreboard. It's not going to be a whitewash. How exciting. Uh, third player out of five in this first round. Almost said the player name by accident would have been, even for my standards, pretty poor. For five points, I was born in Schwenningen in West Germany on the 12th of January, 1969. Four points. The head coach at the club I was hoping to get a contract at, aged 18, said he would eat his coaching diploma if I ever became a professional football player. Well, we'll all have learned something here today if uh, if no one knew that. For three points, I represented two different national teams at two different World Cups in the 1990s. Two points. At the end of the 2008 season, the readers of the news picked me as the only non-British player to feature in their best of all time Portsmouth 11. Just to clarify, this player was not playing in 2008. That just happened to be when the news were doing their article on it. So the only non-British player to feature in the best of all time Portsmouth 11. Last one. I represented both Real Madrid and Barcelona before eventually playing 33 games for Portsmouth. Prozanecki. Prozanecki, there we go. <laughs> one point to Bunce and to Joth. Robert Prozanecki is correct. Cool, second to last. For five points, again, it would be a brave effort, but I was born on the 3rd of July, 1961 in London. For four points, I have managed both Horndean and Dorchester Town, and I've been a coach at teams including FC Dallas, Bournemouth, Dorchester Town, and Haven and Waterlooville. For three points, I was awarded an MBE in 2001. Two points... I am the second longest serving Portsmouth player of all time after Jimmy Dickinson and I played for Portsmouth in all four divisions of the Football League at the time. Three out of the four of you are literally face farming right now. And for one point, you may as well have a guess quickly because it's for one point. I represented Portsmouth 801 times and hold the record for most appearances for a single club by a goalkeeper. Oh, Alan Knight. 
Alan Knight. Should have known. For God's sake. <laughs> There's so much angry murmuring. I love it. And the final question for this round. For five points, I was born 100 years, two months, and 13 days after Portsmouth FC were founded in Cardiff. So on the 18th of June, 1998. For four points, I became the youngest ever player for Newport County, my first professional club, in a nil-nil draw against Shrewsbury when I was only just six, or just over 16 years old in 2014. For three points... In a controversial move when trying to get up for a game, in a recent pre-match playlist competition, my first song choice was Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Regan Paul. Amazing that that's the one you got it from. That is correct. Yes, Joff. Three points to Joff and to Hugh. Lovely. Okay, well, that's that round over and done with. We can all move on with our lives. Hugh and Joff in an early 5-3 lead. The second round is where you might need your pen and paper to make some number notes and you might need a calculator. If you don't have time to do the calculation yourself, then we'll just do it sort of bit by bit. So basically, you're going to have to do some maths. Everyone guesses and we take an average of the two team members. So whichever team has got the average closer to the actual answer gets two points for each question. Your first question of five in this round At the time of writing, so this is last week, Jack Hancock's number of LinkedIn connections minus Portsmouth's goal difference after 12 games in League One. So make a note of what you think that is. And then divide that by Riley Towler's squad number for the 2023 to the 2024 season. I'll give you a moment to all go through that. So that was Jack Hancock's number of LinkedIn connections take away Pompey's goal difference after 12 games this season divided by Riley Towler's squad number for this season and what I should have led with at the start of this call was if any of my information is incorrect I I genuinely don't really care Um, I think it's all right, but I would be fairly willing to bet there's going to be at least one mistake somewhere so let's go through has everyone got an answer using their calculator? I'm relying on no cheating because I know you guys love that trophy, but I'd like to think we're all moral enough to not cheat. So we'll start with who I've got at the top of my screen, which is Hugh. Hugh, can you talk us through your working, please? And again, we're going to trust Joth and Proudy not to change their answers based on what you say, Hugh. Yeah, sure. Um, this isn't great, to be honest, because I've forgotten Riley Towler's squad number. That's the top <laughs> That's the top start. Jack Hancock's LinkedIn numbers. I'm going to go on the basis that Jack's slightly less popular than me. So I'm going to say 500. And then I know Pompey's goal difference is 13. So I'm then going to hazard a guess about Riley Towler's squad number. Why don't I know this off the top of my head after watching the team constantly? I'm going to say, this is embarrassing, right? Thanks for thanks for putting me first. All good. Let's just work this out on my calculator. So 500, less the goal difference of Pompey, which I think is 13, less Riley Towler's, Towler's squad number. Let's call it number 23. I'm going to guess we have 464 is the number. No, divided by the squad number, not take away. Oh, so 487 divided by 23, which gives you 21.2. There you go. Okay, cool. Next up, Freddie, do you want to give us your work in, please? Now, I wasn't brilliant at maths at school. That's why and I so- let you use the calculator. But- <laughs> and, so- and somehow I play poker to a barely passable standard as well, yeah. my bad maths. But uh, Jack Hancock's, I assume he's connecting with everybody on LinkedIn because he's like the 
presumably. So let's go with a random large number, like 300 or something. Then the goal difference is either 12 or 13. I can't remember which it is. So let's go with 12. And then I believe Riley Tower squad number's four. So off the top of my head, that's probably not going to get me anywhere near it, but there we are. So that is 288 divided by four, which I make as 72. So Hugh's got 21.2, Fred's got 72. So I have a bit no of idea if this is... Th- not going to lie, no I'm now shitting myself. I'm now <laughs> shitting myself with the shit squad number guess. We should have <laughs> okay. chosen something more neutral. Um. Sorry, there, there are five of these. They're a mixed bag. Proudy, what have you come up with? Um, weirdly, I've actually come up with the same number as Freddie. Like I said 300 for Jack. Minus yep. 13 divided by four, and that brings 71.75. So obviously, round it up is 72. Okay, so that makes my math really easy. We are, so we're, we're that's the, we're not the, true, is it? The best, the, the best and linked team ever. <laughs> I know, but the problem is because you and my figure are the same one. So we haven't got like an average to go by. It's just 72. Scott, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, what have we got for this one? I took lower estimate of the LinkedIn. I did 255. I feel like I'm on countdown. Minus 13 is goal difference. 242 over 4, 60 and a half. Okay, so 60 and a half is Joth. So if we work out your average with Hughes, that means Joth's and Hughes' average is 40.85. So the actual answers to this were Jack Hancock's LinkedIn connections, 249 at the time of writing. Take away the Pompey goal difference, which was 13. Divide by Riley Towler's squad number, which is 4. So the answer to the overall sum is 59. Hugh and Joff, you were 18.15 out. Fred and Proudy, you were 13 out. So 13 out with an average of 72. So Fred and Proudy, you get the two points for that one. Question two. We're starting with the number of Proudy's YouTube subscribers to the nearest 10. Add on to the average Fratton Park League attendance for last season. When you've done that, I want you to divide by the anniversary number that Pompey are celebrating this year. So Proudy's YouTube subscribers rounded to the nearest 10. Add on to the average Fratton Park League attendance last season, then divide by the anniversary number. So we'll go the other way this time from bottom to top to make it a bit fairer. So we will start with Joff. Please, could you do your countdown thing and, and show us your number working? Hi, Rachel. So yeah, I've... <laughs> 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 so I have 30 oh Proudy's YouTube I've guessed 4,000 sorry if that's lower or higher attendance as 13,000 and then divide that by 125 equals 136 so divide by 125 so 136 is your final answer cool Proudy hopefully you know how many YouTube subscribers uh, you I, I actually don't uh, but I can try and guess i i'm pretty sure the last time i've checked my youtube i had 7470 rounded to the nearest 10 and then add the fratton park attendance average i put 15,080. then obviously divide by is it divide by 125 i should have 180.4 apparently 180 freddie yeah, sorry, just going through it on my phone quickly. I think I've guesstimated that Proudy's subscribers, and I should know this because I'm one of them, is probably around 8,000. So we'll go with 8,000 for subscribers. Average Rat and Park attendance, I don't know if it's cup and league. So I'm just, I just went with a round number of 17,000. I think I went much. league. I think I went league only. All right. I just put 17,000 and then 
divide that by 125 is 200. And I have no idea if I'm near it or not, to be honest. So 200. So Hugh, uh, sorry, Proudy and Freddie, that makes your average 190 point something. If I have to work out the decimal, I will do. Uh, Hugh, last up. I think I'm gonna I thought Proudy had about seven and a half thousand subscribers. Um seventeen and a half thousand was my guess for fans and divided by 125. So was it add add divide for Andy just for Yeah, so add your seven and a half thousand to seventeen thousand five hundred and then divide by what you think the anniversary is. Two hundred. So Joth and Hugh, your average is hundred and sixty-eight. Proudy and Freddie, your average is 190 point something. Uh, the true answer, Proudy's YouTube subscribers, Proudy, you got this dead on, 7,470. The average Fratton Park attendance last season for league was 17,721. So that makes a total of 25,191. Divide that by 125. The correct answer was 201.53. Can I just get a quick round of applause? I got 200 as my round number. Yeah, yeah I, I, I ruined it for you this round like you ruined it for me last round so even right <laughs> don't worry Joff oh, there's going to be a lot of rounds that I ruined for you mate coming up so <laughs> so Freddie and Proudy pick it up again this is on for the clean sweep this round the, the modesty from Proudy saying he didn't know what his sub count was and then no, I am being genuine I, I barely go on my YouTube at the moment <laughs> I, the I haven't digit. uploaded for a year so <laughs> <laughs> that explains why it hasn't gone up since you last looked you haven't uploaded for a year okay third one um, I did pick Wigan at pretty much random here, but I mean, I could have gone for a side like MK Dons as well. Wigan's ground capacity take away their average league attendance in the 2023 to 24 season so far. Big sorry to Barry for picking on uh, Wigan here. He was lovely on our podcast the other week, but that's all you've got to do for this one. So their ground capacity take away their average league capa- uh, average league attendance in the season so far. Just double check, Andy. This is this season, is it? For 23-24, yeah. Is that it? Is that the total? That's it? Just one minus the other? Literally one minusing. Yeah, nice simple one. So we will start with... We'll go top to bottom. So, Hugh? I don't have a clue how many the the DW holds, except they should hold less. So I'm going to go with 25,000 less 11,500 equals 13,500. Cool. Uh, Freddie... Right, so as a guess, I put the. I've been to this stadium, so I probably should know. I have an average uh, capacity of thirty thousand, and I think they get something like twelve and a half thousand. So that's seventeen thousand five hundred. That's my guess. Cool. Thank you very much, Proudy. I've also been to this ground with Freddie. Uh, I put that. I think the ground's thirty-two thousand, and uh, the average attendance is about uh, eleven thousand. So it's twenty-one thousand exactly. Lovely stuff. And then last but not least, Joff. I've gone for 25,000 as their capacity and 10,000 as their average attendance, so 15,000. Proudy and Freddie, your average between the two of you is 19,250. Hugh and Joff, your average of 14,250. Wigan's capacity for their ground for the DW Stadium According to Google, hope this isn't wrong, 25,133. And their average of home attendance for the league season so far is 10,304. Meaning the average actual answer is 14,829. So that is two points to Hugh and Joth. 
fourth one out of five on this round. So credit to PO4 Pompey Stats on Twitter for the link to this data. Just going to come up with a, a rival to Joth's Pompey Stats page as a, as a citation here. Um, that's not you, is it, Joth, that one? No, it's not my burner account. That's something else. Don't worry. Excellent. Okay, cool. So credit to them for the, the link to this data. All I want you to work out is the number of times that Portsmouth have played against Charlton Athletic ever in 125 years and divide that by the number of points that Cheltenham have got in the league table after 12 games this season. And we will start this one with Joff, please. I am totally clueless on this. 120 games, I reckon. It's in, in, in the entire history, isn't it? Yes. Fine, 120. And then Cheltenham points. I have no idea. I know they scored once, maybe twice now. No, still once. That's still once. I'm going to go for one point. So 120. Cool. Proudy. I've gone, we've played Charlton 95 times. I know they have two points because they got one against us and they got one against Derby. So 95 over two, uh, sorry, 95 over two would be around 48. So yeah, 47.5 and then Freddie. Okay. So uh, a complete guess. I think Pompey played Charlton 80 times and then divided by the two for Charlton's points. Okay, so... Freddie and Proudy, that makes your average 43.75. Hugh, what have you come up with? I thought we played Cholton 95 times, divided by two, 47 and a half. So, Jonathan Hugh, that makes your average 83.75. The actual answer is Portsmouth have ever played Charlton Athletic 114 times, which is the most that we've played any other team that is currently in League One. But for trivia sakes, the team we've played least who are currently in League One is Stevenage. We've only ever played them 13 times, the more you know. So 114 divided by 2 is 57. So Fred and Proud, you are 13.25 out. Hugh and Joth, you are more than that out. So points go to Freddie and Proudy. And then we go into the last one of this round. Question five. Again, uh, not a long equation needed. The number of goals that Portsmouth conceded in our 46-game relegation season from League One into League Two in the 2012-13 season, divided by Denver Hume's current squad number. And Hugh, we will start with you when you're ready, please. Okay, so I have no idea how many goals that we've conceded, and I won't be confident on the squad number after Riley Towler, let's be honest. (laughs) And last time I went with a high number, but I do believe that, okay, goals conceded, let's say 72 goals conceded divided by 23, which I believe is his number. That's a ridiculous amount of goals conceded in the season. So, well, we did, we did get relegated. So that comes out as 3.1 for your answer, Hugh. Yeah. Next up, we have got Freddie. Right. So I've completely balls this. So it's going to be a complete guess. Let's say it's total conceded, isn't it? Total that, conceded in 46 games. In those yeah, 46 games. We went down. Yep. Let's say we, on average we conceded at least two a game. So let's go with 92 goals conceded. And now I can't think for the life of me what Denver Hume's squad number, because I think it got changed. It used to be low and now it's high. Let's go with a squad number of 20, even though that's probably wrong. And that's like 4.6-ish. 
You know, you were supposed to guess this before we started the questions and hearing everyone else's answers, Fred. Not not just jump in and you don't know the answer, so you, you took my answer <laughs> and, and minus three. We're trusting everyone's integrity, which might be a foolish mistake. Proudy, you're next up. I think we conceded 75 goals when we went down. And I actually agree with Freddie when he said it was a low number because I, I remember it used to be three. I think it's I think it's 23 now, I think. I, I can't remember. So that would make it 3.2, uh, I've calculated, or 3.26. Right, we'll round up to 3.3 just to be yeah. mathematically uh, consistent. And then, Josh, what have we got from you? Yeah, I, I knew that Denver Hume's squad number was 23. It was three. And I decided, based on that, to choose 69. So then it would be 69 goals conceded. So it'd be three overall. Okay, so that means Hugh and Joff, your average is 3.05 combined. Fred and Proudy, 1.3. So yours would be 3.95, the average between you. The actual answer is goals conceded in that season was 69. Denver Hume's squad number is 23, meaning that Joff has got it absolutely spot on. Hugh is only 0.1 out. So as a team, you two have absolutely nailed that and pick up the two points for that. So congrats to Hugh and Joff. And in a really exciting score update, that makes it 9 all. Tie game. Round three is our first two mastermind rounds. So all of you provided me with a mastermind topic. Um, I don't think I'm going to use the mastermind music in the background because it's just we're going to get copyright struck and I'm not editing this twice. First up, we've got Freddie and Hugh as the regular co-hosts of the PO forecast. So Freddie, so for full context here, we've already mentioned that you said you did some revising. What we haven't mentioned yet is that two hours before you said, I'm just shortlisting shortlisting some topic options. So quite a lot of thought went into this from Freddie's side. Freddie has gone for the Portsmouth season of 2016 to 2017. Fred, there's no timer on it. You have got a maximum of 10 marks available to you. Your first question with two marks is name the Portsmouth players with the squad numbers five and six for this season. Is that Christian Burgess and Matt Clark? Correct, correct. Two marks. Question two for one mark. Who had Pompey signed Carl Baker from at the beginning of the summer of 2016? MK Dons. Correct. Question three. Name the two players involved in a dressing room scrap in November at halftime. That was Christian Burgess and Michael Doyle. Correct. Who were Pompey playing in that game? Stevenage. Correct. Proudy's loving his life right now. <laughs> in, the, <laughs> uh, in the EFL trophy in this season, I included this just for you, Freddie, because I know you'd have taken Superb. an active interest. In the EFL trophy this season, name one team out of the other three that were in Portsmouth group stage that we did not make it out of. Oh, for God's sake. Gillingham. Incorrect. You could have had Yeovil Town, Reading Under-21s or Bristol Rovers. Question six. For one mark, name three of the five Portsmouth scorers, because there was one own goal, in the 6-1 win against Cheltenham Town that sealed the title. The sad fact is I, I was drunk when this was game was going on. I know Gareth Evans scored a pen. Okay, one. That's one. Kyle Bennett scored. Correct. Two. One more. One more scorer. I can't remember. Did Gary Roberts score in that game? No dice. Your other options were Ender Stevens. Uh, Cal Naismith and Jamal Lowe so no points for that and your final question worth two points who were the only two teams to do the double over Portsmouth in the league in this season you can have one mark for each one of them was Stevenage because surely we lost that dressing room bus stop game correct one other team I know we lost a crew 1-0 
because it was that game that was the run afterwards. I'm going to guess Crew as the other one. Incorrect. The other team was Doncaster Rovers. So, Freddie, that's a very, very respectable 7 out of 10 for you there. Good work. Hugh Bunce, your topic was Pompey in Europe, and I assumed you meant the UEFA, UEFA Cup, not our pre-season tour to Getafe or wherever it was, so I focused in on the, the better known of the, the European tours. I did, so, but can I just say that I didn't realise this was going to be a mastermind quiz. Uh, it's, I just thought you needed some more content. But you know, To be fair, just... I wouldn't worry because I've seen Proudy's questions later on, so you're going to be fine. So okay. Proudy picked something to do with Football Manager 23, Portsmouth Stats. So uh, he might surprise us, but I think you'll be all right, Hugh, in comparison. So okay. Hugh, same for you. You have a total of seven questions worth 10 marks in total. So two points in total available here. In the group stage of the competition, so after we've got through the qualifier... Name the four teams who were in Portsmouth's group alongside us. You get one point for each two correct answers, so two points in total. Okay, so we played Braga first. Yep. Then Milan. Yep. Wolfsburg. Yep. Then Heronveen. We are at that game. Nice. That's two out of two. Question two. In the opening game of the group stage, name one of the four Portsmouth players who were booked in the 3-0 defeat in SC Braga. Just do you say one of them? Name one of the. Players. Yeah, just name one of the four. I'm going to go with Diop. Correct. Good man. Uh, you could have also had Belhaj, Pamaro, or Crouch. Question three: two points total. Name Pompey's two goal scorers that put us two 0 up against AC Milan at Fratton Park. See, I do know the answer to this question. I think Eunice Kabul. Correct. One more. No, I'm doubting myself. Is it Carney? It is. Good man. Full marks are still on. Okay. Question four. To the nearest 250, what was the reported attendance at Fratton Park for that home game against AC Milan? Did you say the nearest 250? Yeah, so you've got 250 either side and you still get the mark. Okay. So I think it was just over 20,000. So I'll say 20,200. Answer was 20,403 and you are within 250, so you get the mark. Okay. Question five for one mark. Who ended up finishing top of our group? I actually don't know the answer to this question. I'm going to say Wolfsburg. Correct. This is incredible. Good work. This one you're not really meant to get right. To the nearest hour, according to Google Maps, how many hours does it take to drive and take the ferry overall from Fratton Park to Estadio Municipal de Braga? Uh, to drive as well as the ferry yeah so drive and ferry combined how many hours in total would it take you to get from Frogmore Road to the Braga Stadium okay so I've actually never got the ferry to Le Havre so I'm not really sure how long it is I've always been a Dover to Calais man I'm I'm gonna say that might be the most middle class thing that's ever been said on this podcast (laughs) I'm there on it mate I'm gonna say 14 hours The answer is 20. No dice on that one. (laughs) Uh, Your final question for two marks. Name the three-letter Pompey shirt sponsor for one mark that we wore in the competition and the two words underneath it on the shirt for a further mark. Oki Printing Solutions. Correct. Joff, that could have come up in your round, but I'd already written Hughes by the time you requested your kit round. Nice. So nine out of ten. See, Bunce, that wasn't so bad, hey? Yeah, the questions are just favourable there, to be honest, and uh, a bit of luck with the Wolfsburg one. I just thought since Milan drew against us that maybe they didn't finish top. Yeah, nice. I like it. 
So I'm going to give you uh, two famous Portsmouth games and the four of you are going to take turns naming players who you think were involved in that game. It can either be Portsmouth players or opposition players. Unused subs are wrong. Subs that were used and came on in the game, you don't lose a life, but you do have to pick a, pick another player. So it needs to be starting 11s for both teams, please. Okay, so your first game is the 8th of March, 2008. Portsmouth against Manchester United. Lovely 1-0 win. Penalty. I want to know which well, which players were in the starting eleven for both sides. And we will start this round at the top of my screen. So, Hugh, we will start with you, please. Silly Mantari. Freddie, next up. Uh, just object. You said opposition players as well, didn't you? Yep. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo was playing. Yep. Next we've got Proudy. David James. David James, all good. And Joss. Carnu. Carnu is there. Okay, next time round, quickfire, Hugh Bunce. Sylvan Distan. Correct. Freddie Webb. Uh, Glenn Johnson. Correct. Proudy. Nico Crenshaw. Correct. And Joff. Uh, Herman Horidison. Correct. By the way, if you name someone that's already gone, it counts as a wrong answer, just FYI. Hugh, back to you. Okie dokie, Sol Campbell. Correct. This is good. We've got eight out of 11 of the Pompey starting lineup. Freddie? Thomas Kujak? Because he was the keeper who got sent off, didn't he? So, used subs, it's not a wrong answer, but it's not what we're looking for. So, you get another guess. Uh, Wayne Rooney, please. Correct. Proudy? Uh, Rio Ferdinand. Rio Ferdinand is correct. And Joff? Edwin van der Sar. Edwin van der Sar is correct in the starting 11. Hugh, back to you. All right, now I'm actually struggling. I, I'm just trying to think of players that play for United now, but I can't really remember. Did Nani got... play in that game? Nani is correct. Well done. That's one one for you. You look very relieved, Freddie. Carlos Tevez. Carlos Tevez was there. Good, Proudy. Uh, Patrice Evra. Patrice Evra was there. This is impressive. I, I thought we'd have lost by now. Okay, Hugh. Oh no, sorry, I've missed. I uh, missed Joth. Sorry, Joth. Anderson. Anderson was a used sub, so you get to have another guess, but not what we're looking for. Vidic. Vidic did play very good. Hugh Bunce. There are three more uh, United players and three more Portsmouth players. I haven't got... I'll just give you five points each if uh, if you name them all. I'm going to go for Man United club legend Wes Brown. Wes Brown did start. What a shout that is. Good work. <laughs> yes. Freddie Webb. Oh, my God. Papa Diop. Papadubu Diop is there. Well done. <laughs> two more Pompey, two more Man United. Proudy. Glenn Johnson. Glenn Johnson has already been said, I'm afraid. He did, oh. he did start, but I can't remember who said him, but someone did. So Proudy, you're out. Yeah, I, I unfortunately said Glenn Johnson. Sorry, oh, okay. mate. Joff. Michael Carrick. Michael Carrick was a used sub. So you get another go. Did Skulls play? He did. Good work. Hugh Bunce. So now I'm really am struggling. There's two more Pompey starters and one more Man United starter. Man United starter? Talks about club legends with Wes Brown. I'm going to go with another club legend, England international Owen Hargreaves. He's pulled out of the bag. Correct. Well done. Oh, I think that hell. locks up a point for Team Bunce. Freddie Webb. Is it, is it well, like one Pompey player left there? There are two Pompey players left. Basically, if you get this right, it's five points each. If you get no, it no wrong, pressure, then. if you get it wrong, it is five points to Hugh and to Joff. Oh, my God. Engine's building here. Masana Diara? Correct. 
Good work. Does anyone think they can name the one Portsmouth player who has not been named as yet? Hugh saved me because I was going to go for Ryan Giggs, but... I'm going to... Come on, we've got a player... One player who's not been mentioned yet. Yep, you've both got five points for that round, so there's no more points going, but... I don't know if he started, but I'm going to go John the Attacker, you Tacker. Correct. Good work. That was what I was thinking. It was my other option. If I didn't go That's good work. So. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by that. Named all 11 on both sides. Okay, the second and final one of these is slightly more difficult. So we've got the 7th of April, 2012, Portsmouth equalise in the 94th minute at St Mary's. Any Portsmouth player who started, any Southampton player who started, it's exactly the same rules. Use subs, we are not accepting, but they don't count as a wrong answer. You get another go. Uh, which game was this against the Marys, mate? 94th minute equaliser, David Norris. Okay. So we'll go the other way. So we will start with... Oh, I just gave one away. That was a bit rookie, wasn't it? <laughs> well, so I wonder who you're going to start with. <laughs> David Norris. Proudy. I'm trying to remember the key for... I feel like it was Jamie Ashdown, but I don't think it was... It was Jamie Ashdown. It was Jamie Ashdown, correct. Oh, what, what a good guess. Well done. Freddie. Chris McGuire. Chris Maguire is correct. Damn, that was, what, that was my only ever thought there because of the fact he scored a goal. Right, okie dokie in that team. Sorry, Norris, by the way, because this is going to look dreadful. Because, <laughs> um, okay, friend of the pod, and we can't name the side that he played in. Stop Don't forget, talking. you can you can have Southampton players should you choose to, if you can was, name any of them. Was Gary O'Neill in that team? No. Okay, sorry about that, Joff. You is out first <laughs> first uh, attempt. Okay, we great. go back to Joff, who is now carrying the side. Oh crikey, Ricardo Rocha. Correct. Proudy. Can't remember many more Pompey players, so I've got to say Buddy Shaw. Okay, we've started we've started with the Southampton players. Correct. Yep, good. Well done. Freddie. Defender who was on loan from Man City. Karim Rekic. That's a incredible shout. I could barely remember hearing of him, but yep, you are correct. Good. Josh. Shout out David Norris's goal, actually. Tinfoil hat man. There's many of those. Ricky Lambert. Correct. I was like, where's Matt Letizier? No, different one. Proudy. Uh, the goalkeeper conceded it. David Norris's strike. Kelvin Davis. You are correct, sir. Freddie Webb. I'm going to go with Greg Halford. Who I believe is now playing at hashtag United. Correct, Greg Halford. Joff. Joel Ward. Correct, good man. Proudy. Freddie, I might I might sink here. Uh, Eric Hoosclip. Incorrect. No Eric Kusaklep. So Proudy's gone. So we've got a Freddy against Joff shootout for the five points. So Freddy, we're back to you. Racking my brain here. David Cottrell? Center midfielder? Not on my list. I'm afraid. Um, which I, in that season. Which I think that. gives the points to Hugh and to Joff. Can anyone name any others that have come into their head before I go through? My the... next guess would have been Dave Kitson. Dave Kitson was a used sub. You love the U subs, Joff. It's becoming thematic. So we could have had for Portsmouth Jason Pierce, Kelvin Atuhu, Scott Allen, or Luke Varney. And for Southampton, Jos Hoyvelt, Jose Fonte, Daniel Fox, Fraser Richardson, Adam Lalana. Thought we'd get that one. Morgan Schneiderlin, Dean Hammond, or Gooley with a longer name that I, I cannot pronounce. And they used subs with Jack Cork, Steve DeRidder, and Dan Harding. So good work from Hugh and Joff. You take down that round. So oh. scores on the doors. Hugh and Joff on 28, Freddie and Proudy currently on 21. 
Can we're getting there. Well done, Joff, because I flunked out in the first one. So obviously got the better half of the extra podcast on my team. So sorry about that, Proudy. <laughs> Round five is bidding. So we've got four categories here. So the first one, for example, is club sides that Kenny Jacket has played for, managed, or been directors of football on. The teams need to take turns bidding how many you can name. So you can start as low as you want. The team that bids higher between you has to name that many correct answers. If you run out or you get one wrong, the other team has only got to name one more correct answer to steal the five points. So... Your first one is, as I said, club sides that Kenny Jacket has played for, managed, or been director of football of that I could find on my research from a combination of Transfer Market and Wikipedia. Just for full disclosure, there is a maximum here. If you've got every youth career, senior career, managerial career, and director of football, if you've got all of them, there would be nine. So we will start with Freddie and Proudy. What's your opening bid? I'm going to go five, please. I agree with five. Okay. Hugh and Joff, do you want to go above that or make them play? I think I've got six. Okay, do it, Joff. I've only got four written down. Fred and Proudy, do you want to take seven or do you want to let Joff do six? You don't think so, Fred? Uh, I can't do one more. I can't do seven. So Okay, we'll make them play. I presume this includes Pompey. Yes. Perfect. All right. Okay, Uh, Joff and uh, Joff and Hugh, it is over to you, please. Name your... You're six to win five points. We've got Portsmouth, Leighton Orient. I'm going to have to ask you to go slightly slower so I can highlight them. Yep, Portsmouth, Leighton Orient. Uh, Wolves. Yep. Chillingham. Yep. Millwall. Yep. And Watford. Very good. Jothan, well, in the loosest possible terms, Jothan Hugh take the five points. Uh, Hugh obviously doing most of the heavy lifting on that round, but congratulations to you. The other clubs you could have had were Swansea and Rotherham for his managerial career and Bushy Rangers as a, a youth career player. So congratulations to Hugh. Oh, and- Bushy Rangers. The classic, eh? Hey? Yeah. I was going to have Cardiff as my seventh option because I remember on Sky, he'd always come up as English slash Welsh. <laughs> Wrong uh, wrong major Welsh team. Second round is senior club sides that have been played for by Ryan Taylor. And there are a maximum here of 10. We'll start with... Who did we start with with the bidding last time? Who bid first? Fred and Proudy. So, Joth and Hugh, what's your first bid for clubs that Ryan Taylor played for? It's on you, mate. I don't have a clue, mate. Yeah, zero, Andy, I've got. Joth, how many do you have? I've got two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw one in there and, and say, since it's a Pompey round, quits one Pompey. <laughs> I'm going to leave so it up to good. the boys. We're going to go two here. Have you, do you want to big us on that? I mean, he played for us as recently as 2015, so it's not great that you... <laughs> <laughs> so, right, so you've gone for two, Joth and Hugh. Yeah. Freddie Proudy, do you want to take three? Uh, yeah, I can name three teams. Can you name three? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll trust you on that, Fred. Gotham Hugh, four or no? No chance from me. Absolutely. Well, maybe, no. Okay, well, Freddie, go on then, wow me. Uh, Portsmouth Football Club, to start with. Yep. Uh, Plymouth. Yep. Newport County. That is your three. Well done, Freddie. So you also could have had, in order of appearance, 
Rotherham United, Burton Albion, Exeter City, Bristol City, Oxford United, Grimsby Town and Alfreton Town. Now it's come back to me. I'm back on page. <laughs> Third out of four for this round, club sides played for by Paul Merson. And again, maximum of 10. Freddie and Proudy, what is your bid? I think I can name four already. Okay. Joff and uh, Hugh? Hugh, you're still writing down, so I'm trusting you with this one. No, again. I'm just trying to think of ideas, mate. He's making a note of Ryan Taylor's name to Google him after we finished the quiz. <laughs> he did pretty uh, well for himself in League One overall, like after he left us as well. I'm not sure about three, but I've got two. There you go. Joff? I'm not beating four. No? So I think we should make them name it. Go on, hey. boys. Proudy and Freddie Webb. So I've got, obviously, Pompey. Yep. Uh, I've got Arsenal. Yep. Middlesbrough. Yep. And Aston Villa. That'll do you. Well done, Proudy. Do you play for Palace? No. I did not uh, have I did not have Middlesbrough. I was no. going to go five. Uh, I had Warsaw as well. That so. would have also been correct, Proudy. Good work. Oh. Yeah. So you could also have had Brentford, Tamworth, Welshpool, Welshpool Town, Hanworth Villa, or a Welsh name I'm not going to insult people by trying to pronounce. But yeah, good work, Freddie and Proudy. Good on you. Mostly proudly on that occasion. Final one from this round. A maximum of 18 Portsmouth managers or head coaches since January 2000. So since the turn of the millennium. So we are not accepting caretaker managers. So your Simon Bassey style manager is not correct here. There are 18 full-time permanent managers or head coaches that you can list. So how many have you got, Joff? 10. Okay, I've got nine, so we'll stick with 10. Okay. So what we'll say for this round, lads, same as the previous round, like with the uh, with the used subs things, if you name a caretaker manager, I won't accept it, but I also won't count it as you getting it wrong. I think that's probably fairest. So Jonathan Hugh, 10. Freddie and Proudy, do you want to go above? Freddie, how many have you got? I've got a fair few. I can do at least 11 to go above them. Okay, so. I've, got, I've got way more than that. So I've got yeah, 15. I, I also have. <laughs> but I was going to bid low because then it's yeah. chance to go back again. I do, I do have 15, which I, I'm barely did, sure. Did they I'm all manage sure. Portsmouth? <laughs> yes, yes, they have. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got so, What do you want to go with, boys? Actually, let's be safe. I'll say 13. Okay, Joff and Hugh, do you want to go 14 or cool? I'm calling that, Joff. Yeah, go on, name it. Okay, so 13 managers or head coaches, please, at a sensible speed so I can highlight them as we go. Proudy and Freddie, whenever you are ready. Uh, should, we, should we both say names? Oh, we'll do it one at a time, yeah. Time. Go on. I'll let you start. Uh, Harry Redknapp first. Uh, funnily enough, that is correct, yes. We only count them as one, even with yeah various yep. spells. Uh, I've got Tony Adams. Yep. Uh, Paul Hart. Yep. Uh, Alan Perrin. Yep, that is four. Avram Grant. Correct, that is five. Uh, Paul Cook. Correct, that is six. Steve Cottrell. Correct, that is seven. Uh, Michael Appleton. Correct, that is eight. Uh, Kenny Jacket. Correct, that is nine. Uh, and a lot Danny of refreshed Cowley. memories. Sorry, Danny Cowley. Correct, that is ten. Andy Orford. Correct, that is 11. Uh, John Massigno. Correct, that is 12. One more. Guy Whittingham. Correct, 13. Good good work, gents. Proudy, who are your others? Uh, I had Tony Pulis. Yep, good. That and was right uh, at the start Ricks. of the millennium. 
I had Steve Claridge written down, but I can't remember if he was caretaker. I know uh, he was full time. So Graham Ricks is oh, correct. Right. Steve Claridge is correct. That means there are two more that we haven't named. Uh, it's it's one of them. I, I, now he might be caretaker. Actually. Was it Zayich? Zayich? Was he? Belimir Zayich is correct. Oh, yeah, because he was yeah. in between oh, Perrin and Reddish, yeah. wasn't he? You pull that out of somewhere, and then there's Ooh. one more manager. Can we get it between the whole thing? Uh, I'd Joe Jordan as a caretaker. Caretaker, but, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure about any of those caretaker, but that's it. One more full-time permanent. Did you make they mention they mentioned Richie Barker? No, that is the final one. Oh, hey, look, look at you guys yeah. naming well every. Well done. Good work. But, <laughs> not um, that, that it's not that it actually points. makes any difference because you lost <laughs> yeah, it. <so>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that is five points to Freddie and Proudy, which takes us nicely into this final two mastermind rounds. So first up, we have got Proudy here with sorry, Freddie. We've got Portsmouth FC players on the Football Manager twenty three point four point zero database. Good grief. This is based on fminside.net, which is a large football manager database online that was provided to me by Proudy to dig for information. So exactly the same style, Proudy. You have a total of seven questions, but worth 10 marks in total, okay? Okay. So question one, for two marks, name the two Portsmouth senior players with the highest physical aggression scores. So there are four to choose from who are tied. I need you to name two of them. Uh, I'm going to say Sean Raggett. Yep. And Clark Robertson. Correct. That is two marks. You could also have had Louis Thompson or Paddy Lane, interestingly enough. Uh, all scored 15 out of 20, which is a really important backup information. Question two for one mark. To demonstrate the accuracy of these online databases, I'd like you to tell me, please, Proudy, to the nearest million euros, what is Marlon Pack's current sell value according to FM Inside? To nearest million? Yes. Oh, I can't. I can't think it's that high. Uh, I'm going to say six million. Incorrect. According to FM Inside, Marlon Pack's current sell value is twenty-four million eighty-six thousand one hundred eighty euros, which kind of negates the reputation of all other questions in this round. But we, we carry on. <laughs> Question three for two marks. Discounting Dane Scarlett, who is listed as having dynamic potential, name two Portsmouth players tied for the highest potential ability. So there are three to choose from. I need you to name two of them. And all of them have the potential ability of 68, if that helps. Um, Paddy Lane. Correct. Just because he was online from United. Uh, Dijon Bernard. Correct. Good work. You could also have had Louis Thompson there. Question four, yeah, I guess so. for one mark, you have one point wiggle room either side here. What is Tom Lowry's listed attribute out of 20 for natural fitness? I'm going to say, it's got to be high. I'm going to say 18. Uh, 12. Question five, outside of the goalkeepers, which Portsmouth player is listed as most likely to punch the ball instead of catching it? Uh, Why on earth did you pick this? I'd- <laughs> I thought I knew Bell. Uh, I'm going to say, for some reason, I'm going to say Colby Bishop. Uh, it's Rico Hackett, who apparently is oh. is rated 4 out of 20 for his punching likelihood. Don't know what they based that off. Question <laughs> 6. Which player in the Portsmouth squad is apparently the best decision maker? Uh, I'm going to say Joe Morrell. Uh, Josh Uluwayami. And then final yeah, question. You might need to do a bit of maths for this, so you might want your pen and paper. Yeah. I would like you to add together for me, please, Portsmouth's reputation score out of 100, 
Portsmouth's training facilities score out of 100. Yeah. Portsmouth youth facilities out of 100. Uh, yeah. Portsmouth's youth recruitment out of 100. And Portsmouth's junior coaching out of 100. If you can add all those up, please. If your total is within 50 points, you get two marks. Okay. If you're if you're within seventy five points, you get one mark. This might be a quite high actually. Uh, I've gone, I've got three hundred and twelve. Okay, so the overall correct answer is two hundred and seventy eight. So you're within fifty, and you get your two marks. So Pompey's reputation fifty three, training facility seventy, youth facilities fifty, youth recruitment fifty, junior coaching fifty five. So full marks for that question. Good job, Proudy. Nice one. Uh, giving you a total of six out of ten. That was spot on. That last answer, Proudy. I'm impressed. Pretty impressive, mate. hey? Yeah, exactly. Hey, I got the, I got the, I got the second value you gave me right. I got seventy on that. Yeah. So I, I don't know how I, I managed to get that. The rest, I, I did too high. I had like 65, 62, 54, 61. So final mastermind style round. Just for context, Joff, before you do this, if you get 10 out of 10 here, you will put you and Hugh into the lead by one point going into the final round. So Joff's chosen category was Portsmouth kits between 1996 and 2023. Mixed bag here. Very limited information pool. So probably quite a clever round choice. Joff, same for you. Seven questions, 10 marks in total available. Question one for two marks. Name the shirt sponsor who created Cuddly Toys and the shape of their Cuddly logo on the front of the Portsmouth shirt. Uh, T-Y, and it's a red heart. Correct. Question two. Which clothing and shoe brand created Portsmouth's 1996 to 1997 shirt? Asics. Correct. Question three for two marks. Name the brand designer and main colour of honestly the quite disgusting away kit used by Portsmouth in the 97 to 98 season was it the brand or the sponsor sorry uh, brand of the kit and the colour the, the main colour of it white and Pompey Sport it was yellow and Admiral oh. question four what was the main colour of Shaka Hislop's goalkeeping jersey in the 2002-03 season where Pompey won Div 1 green can I have a light green or dark green dark green Correct. Question five. Name the Pompey sponsor as we crossed into the new millennium. Bishop's Printers. The Pompey Centre. It was just uh, the other side of Bishop's Printers. Question six. Fairly ironically, which sponsor featured on the front of the Portsmouth shirts as Pompey tumbled from the Premier League into League Two, frequently only offering players one-month rolling contracts? Job site. Correct. Final question for two marks. What brand designer, who also created Pompey kits in the 1970s, also created our kits between 1999 and 2005, and then who took over from them in 2005? Pompey Sport, and then Jacko. I've got in-house, and then... Is in-house the same as Pompey Sport? Because it's in-house, or no? Yeah, I've got a shirt that says Pompey Sport from that era, so... We'll go with the mark, and Jacko is correct, so that's two points. So that gives you a score of eight out of ten. And as my hamster attempts escape, as is the weekly ritual, and I'm not going to go and catch her this time, running into the final round, there's only one point in it. Freddie and Proudy on 42, Hugh and Joff on 41. I have not organised a tie break, so please do as not. that happens, we're clearly in the lead by at least five points. I've got a spreadsheet. Demand a recount. No. I'll send fine. you the spreadsheet and then you can do the <laughs> recount. 
So the final round is basically I'm going to give, I'll send you on WhatsApp, Proudy and Hugh. I'm going to each send you five names of Portsmouth players, past or present. You've got 45 seconds to provide like charades clue, not charades, that's actions, to give word clues to your teammate who the player is, okay? Um, the number that you get is the number of points you get. So Proudy, we'll go with you first. I just need to pull up WhatsApp. Okay, so Proudy, if you can confirm when the message has turned up, please. And then we'll go into your 45 seconds. I forgot to unmute. Yeah, I've got uh, five names, so... Okay, in which case, your 45 seconds starts now. Uh, first name, uh, non-league, winger. Very oh, famous. Very famous goal he scored. No, pass. No. Uh, second name, goalkeeper. Uh, Labelled normally one of the worst goalkeepers we've had. Paul Smith. Uh, no, I'll move on. Uh, third, um, striker, two uh, thousands. Not not a brilliant striker, but became a manager in the South Coast. Ten seconds. Like, oh, um, seconds. No, I can't. I don't know. Uh, no, fourth name on on loan uh, goalkeeper last season. That was a trade. Right? Oh no, Josh Griffiths. Fuck. <laughs> that, was, uh, that, that was over time just really. past the buzzer there friend. <laughs> yeah just a bit past the buzzer uh, so unfortunately that is uh, no points for Froudy for Freddie and Proudy I bottled that uh, uh, that's fine that's fine which means Hugh and Joff you need one to tie and two to win sorry so, in advance Joff <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm apologising now so, Hugh <laughs> if you could please pull up your WhatsApp chat with me it's open ready Okay, cool. Got it. Cool. Okay. okay. Hugh, ready? Three, two, one. Off you go. Centre-back who is signed from Doncaster, massively un- underwhelming for us. Uh, Paul Downing. Correct. Midfielder who played for us, played for Blackburn. Also, his surname is the same as the famous Forest out of Robin Hood. Pass. Played at centre-back against Gibraltar for Wales. Regan Paul. Correct. Played, came from us, followed, hit, followed, left us, went to Wigan, played under Paul Cook. Tom Naylor. No, let's go on to the next one. Club legend, um, centre back. Got is it got an MVE? Optimus. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Cool, and that's time up. So you scored three out of five. The ones you didn't get there were t- uh, Tim Sherwood and oh, Cal yeah. Naismith. And just to go back, Proudy and Freddie. Uh, your players were Jamal Lowe, Konstantinos Chalkias, Lee Bradbury, Josh Griffiths, and the fifth one would have been Dane Scarlett. So we get three points for Hugh and Joff, which means the final scores are Freddie and Proudy with 42, Hugh and Joff steal it with 44. Good work. Uh, so congratulations on the trophy that Hugh and Joff, you've got to try and sneak into. So you go to the Abbey Stadium or Fratton or anything like that, and then you can decide who gets to try and avoid Portsmouth going into financial turmoil and borderline liquidation on the computer game. So we'll see if it was an inevitability or whether it was truly avoidable. God, that was long. Hugh, nice. I'm going to throw it back to you because uh, I'm I'm done. <laughs> Andy, thanks for doing that, especially since I'm not being well. And you've actually put in more prep for that than I think the other 198 episodes. Before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, way more. <laughs> The problem is I've demonstrated I can do prep now and I'm scared of the precedent it will set. 
All right, let's go around the table. Andy, you're first. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks. Yeah, always a pleasure. See you lads soon. Enjoy the rest of your weeks. Freddie, lovely having the podcast. Shame all your revision didn't pay off. Always a pleasure here. Thank you. And yes, I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take my bottle jobness away. You ruined it really for Proudy. He was doing so well. All the clues are damn obvious as well, but you know, there you go. Proudy, are you absolutely devastated at Freddie's bottle job at the end after all that hard work you put in in previous rounds? I know, but people will still blame me uh, for that bottle job. So, you know, I just got to live with it. There you go. Serial bottlers. And Joff, despite having me on your team, which is a massive handicap, you've managed to pull it out of the bag and we'll go back and say it's a team win. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a team win. No, I'm very much looking forward to sneaking a Pompey manager into Fratton Park at some point. Maybe I'll give it to my brother who's better at sneaking things into grounds. That's not a bad shout. I'm thinking I might have to balls that trophy at the Abbey Park Stadium in order to get it in. Um, in the boxes let's go it looks kind of big and sharp though so I'm sort of not sure about that but I'll let you take that one <laughs> yeah alright everyone see you later the hamster I always forget the name of but until next time Cloud Pompey you have been listening to the PO forecast for Pompey News Now available on SoundCloud Spotify and Apple Podcasts follow PO forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle!